If you want to smooth out your workflow, translate between Final Cut Pro 10 and Premiere Pro or even legacy Final Cut Pro, or want to synchronize multiple sources at once based on timecode, or do the sort of reporting that everybody has to do, then head over to assistedediting.com or intelligentassistance.com. When we last left our heroes, they were locked into a terribly important discussion. Let's drop in on them again as they plot the future. Now, from the Top Dog's Kennel in beautiful downtown Burbank, it's the Terrence and Philip Show. Thank you so much, Gary. I'm Terrence Curran. And I'm Philip Hodgetts. And welcome to another Terrence and Philip Show. In which we ask, why does nobody care about Terry Curran? <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> By which I mean, why is there no company, no vendor focused on the size business that uh, Alpha Dogs is. Yeah, that's you a know, good point. That's you, a folk, you know, you bill it as a boutique business. I mean, in Australia, it would be a big post-production house, but <laughs> <laughs> but in this context, it's more boutique. And certainly, we know that on one side, if you're a big media enterprise, then Avid has got your back. Yes, that's their focused market, and I think they're wise to say focus on that market. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, the other major vendors, Adobe and uh, Apple are focused more on individual users and very small groups. Mm -hmm. So there's nobody really that are really focused on the Terry Curran size business. Yeah. and Tell me about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how do you deal with that? I mean, does that mean that you have to – all of the value would have got out of a a value-added reseller you have to provide yourself or the support you have to provide yourself or – yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, the idea would be what would traditionally was the value-added reseller, you know, um, key code media mm-hmm. type um, company is the one who, you know, they made enough off of the sales to give you that kind of a service. And with software selling for 300 bucks a pop, <laughs> those yeah. days are over. And, and not, you know, as much hardware anymore. Uh, I'm probably not a good test case for the overall because I'm more technically inclined and so I've always done my own engineering so to speak so I haven't needed that as much um, but for you know somebody running a post house basically my size who doesn't know how to do it all themselves yeah where do you turn who do you go to it's tough uh, there's not really you know Avid doesn't care. No. Uh, Apple doesn't care. No. Uh, Adobe doesn't care. It's interesting. Again, and, and another reason that I'm not a probably an appropriate test case is because I have a public voice, and so I do get attention because of Editor's Lounge, et cetera. I get yeah, attention yeah. from uh, manufacturers that I wouldn't get just as alpha dogs. So it makes it a little harder for me to look at it from that point of view. Yeah. But I do know other people that you know have smaller post houses like mine, and, yeah, they don't get there's nobody for them. You're kind of on your own. It's a wild west out there. And nobody develops for that market, probably because it's not really that big of a market, I guess. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good question. Painful one. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Way yeah. to make me feel unimportant. <laughs> well, it's part of the transition, though, isn't it, into this sort of flatter, more democratized industry that you know you came out of a bigger post house that right. ultimately um, didn't survive. <laughs> <laughs> Even- no longer with us. Um, not necessarily because of support issues, but yeah. because of... Uh, bad management. <laughs> unwise investment, I was going to go with, but you can be more specific. Yeah. Yeah, bad management. Um, but they're clearly, once you get to a certain size, when you certain want to spend a certain amount of money with Avid every year, mm-hmm. they're really happy to support you. And as long as you've got a pretty much all Avid planned, they'll be very good support. Well, you know, it's... In- well, okay. But there's tears to this, and I have to tell you because I've had different you know, experiences and contact with people. Uh, yes, if you're NBC, you have an actual avid tech. You know, there's, mm. there's an avid guy assigned to you. Like out here in NBC, 
Um, if they have any kind of problem, there is an avid guy who comes to the place and he's there, you know, but NBC pays a lot of money for that. And that's mm. the huge support contracts that they have. Um, but beyond that, what was really interesting is with, we have to go back to the avid customer, whatever it is, association. association, thank you. Um, so last year, uh, they had their first meeting at the NAB and it was kind of to set the whole thing up. And, uh, Steve Cohen, who is an editor, a friend of mine, it was, uh, put on the avid executive board to oversee the whole thing and he couldn't make it. So he asked me to go stand in for him. So I went up there and, you know, I played Steve Cohen in this executive board meeting. And of course, none of us really knew what the heck's going on, but everybody else in the, on the executive board was, you know, VP of post at Disney, the yeah. VP of post at Fox. I mean, these are all, you know, high end representing big dollar sales to avid type people. Yeah. So we went through the whole morning, and they did, yeah, did the and whole you, song and dance. And you we, were representing everybody else. Yeah, basically. <laughs> well, that was the thing. I'm yeah. sitting here going, you know, actually, there's nobody representing somebody like me. You know, they had Steve Cohen on there because he's a film editor or whatever. And, you know, he, he represented a lot of editors in a group they kind of disbanded, which was an editor's advisory committee, I think it was called, uh-huh. that uh, Steve had put together, had a lot of feature editors on it and stuff. Uh, but Avid had basically said, well, we're not doing that anymore because we're building this Avid. So I think that's why Steve is on the executive board. But so there's Steve representing that, and then there's a bunch of people representing studios and uh, networks, and then there's even somebody representing music schools, you know, because they use a lot of Pro Tools type stuff. But there's nobody representing post houses. Mm-hmm. There is nobody, you know, there on the board. And so my questions were, well, if this board is going to make the decisions about where money's spent or what's going to be done, who's representing me? That mm. some of that's my concerns are going to be addressed. Well, there's nobody there, but. Anyways, that's an aside. So here's this board of all these people, and you know, so they did the dog and pony with us in the morning, and then in, then we had lunch, everybody had lunch, and then in the afternoon we were welcome to go off and and watch the other groups. So they have like a group that's supposed to be working on what future products do they need, and another group about community, and another group about marketing, etc. But we, the executive board people, all said, well, we really didn't understand what the heck it is we're supposed to be doing or what this is about. So we decided to have our own meeting just to sit down and sort of try to figure out what's going on. So here I am in the meeting with all these people, and we're talking about this. Eventually, it comes around to, um, I think her name is Annie Chang. She's uh, VP of Post, I guess, at Disney. She's like, well, you know, one of the things that's always been the big problem that we have with Avid is that they sell us something, they promise some product, and then they deliver about 80% of it, and then they never finish it. It never gets done. And then it goes around the table, and they're all doing this. The guy from Fox is saying this. The guy from, one of the guys, one of the guy from German television is going – what you've been waiting six months we've been waiting two years you know and i mean and i was like wow all these years i had assumed that the big customers got the attention from avid you know that they got the special treatment and here i am finding out no they (laughs) are in the same boat pretty much as we are so long story to get down to the reality is avid doesn't really you know it's not it, it we're not exclusively held out as the people that don't get attention it's sort of attributed to limited resources that avid has you know they're always trying to balance a bunch of plates basically but mm-hmm. it sounds like everybody is disappointed pretty much you know nobody feels like they're getting the uh, the entire service that they should which could mean that they're treating everyone fairly and equally, <laughs> or it could. Well, yeah, that, that's <laughs> but, my... but surely I would have thought that having one group of yes. happy, excited customers was at least part of the goal. Yes, you can afford been... to say, "All right, those people hate us," but but right, yeah, as exactly. Long as, say, as long as you're making somebody happy, exactly. I mean, as long as I've used the product, I always assumed, well, NBC gets what they want. Yeah. but you know, here we are finding out. Ah, okay, no, it's kind of across the board, you know. But flip side being that, you know, I guarantee you, they didn't develop 3D because Alpha Dogs asked them for it. 
No. No, because, you know, Discovery and these other, they're all going, oh, we're going to put in a 3D channel. So Abbott's like, okay, well, we got to do that, you know? And 4K is going to be because, you know, some network had to say, okay, we're going to want to go into 4K. So Abbott had to get there, you know, but, or the studios are saying we want 4K, whatever. If I said, hey, it would be really good if you guys improved the color correction tools in the Symphony. Oh, wait, I've been seeing that since the 90s. So, yeah, basically, I won't, (laughs) I don't get, you know, what I asked for. So it is, if maybe if NBC asked for the color corrector and be improved, it might actually happen. I don't know. Now, interestingly, other companies who have situations where they have to work a little bit harder because they're the underdog on a feature film Mm -hmm. were providing side builds and some on-site support. Mm -hmm. Um, No names will be mentioned, but Mm -hmm. but in both cases of that we're involved with through intelligent assistance, both companies... Well, I know publicly that Adobe was uh, had guys there. Yes, Adobe. For Gone Girl, the, helping yeah. them. Well, and they and there was post-Gone Girl, there, and then the feature release that came out after that was clearly touted as, well, a lot of the features in this release are from the experience that we had working with the editorial team for Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that similar messages filter through and similar side builds get made with other apps as well. I would guess, yeah, that's probably um, the case. As opposed to the first time for Final Cut 7 with merch, apparently he didn't get any special support from Apple, allegedly. The, the book <laughs> made it made it clear that at that point Apple yes. did not consider Final Cut Pro 3 as it was to mm-hmm. be ready for a feature film. And I think that was a, a moment of honest insight <laughs> those, for the people involved. Mm-hmm. And it was Digital Film Tree that gave merch the confidence that right. they could do it. And as it turns out, they really did need a beta of version 4 with its improved multi-channel sound output in order to finish the film. So I believe they were accurate in saying it wasn't ready. (laughs) Uh, I think this time it wasn't the first feature film that was done in Final Cut. There's been quite a lot of European feature films. um, Oh, on 10? On 10, yeah. Okay. Um, There's enough feature films going around on 10 that we are selling some copies of Change List 10. Um, the very niche tool you only need if you're working on a feature film or the very highest end of television. Mm-hmm. Um, so that having provided the, ba- the change list tool for both Premiere Pro and for Media- Final Cut Pro 10, it gives us some insight into how much they're being used. And there are certainly people still using those tools, mm-hmm. but they got a lot of support. They couldn't have used those tools without abnormal support levels from the companies manufacturing the tools. I think that's, that's the honest thing to say, that neither app was really ready for a feature film workflow at the time they started on the feature film workflow. Right. But somebody had to be first in a studio system because there are lots of additional requirements that yes. the studios have that independent feature filmmakers don't have Exactly. To, there's not as many hoops to jump through if you don't work for a studio. And so there are extra hoops to jump through and they wouldn't have got there without that level of support. Yeah, which is a good point. So that, you know, both of those companies realize that it's important to push and help in that area. Yeah, this would be considered to be marketing benefit rather than, Yeah, I mean, certainly the apps get stronger because of the exposure to these much more critical right, environments. Right, but most of the stuff that's added is not going to apply to 98% of the people who use the application. So the stuff that they have to do for here, it's such a tiny market. So they don't get a return on investment for that. So you're right, it's a marketing push. As opposed to Avid, who they get to sell yeah. lots of ISIS systems. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and, and I consider ChangeList um, to be a marketing development. You know, that app will never return to us. Well, what in, you put in. The, yeah. the development time. Mm-hmm. And it's development time. It's it's Greg's time and my time. It's right. not like we've paid cash out to a developer. Right. It's be a different equation. Right. But I felt that it was a nice place to be mm-hmm. and a nice thing to do. And it was an interesting challenge for Greg. And, you know, it... Yeah, well, it, puts, it, it sets us up as, a, as yeah, people to go to for yeah. the other things, the other tools that you need to make yeah. these apps work in a feature film environment. 
Yeah, maybe you get lucky and they'll buy it from you too. That wouldn't hurt. Well, then it wouldn't be available for the other platform. Oh, yeah. Um, one, of the, <laughs> <laughs> one of the reasons we developed it completely independently was so that we could, could go either way. Okay. We could go either way. I mean, while my personal favourite NLE is Final Cut 10, I certainly see that Premiere Pro is strong, particularly in the the market of people who were comfortable with Final Cut 7. Right. Um, and that's a lot of people. I mean, Apple claimed 2 million unique users mm-hmm. or seats of Final Cut 7, and that's the legitimate ones. Right. There may have been one or two not-so-legitimate li- uh, seats out there. And Premiere Pro could be similarly large numbers. So I think a lot of those people are transitioning to Premiere Pro simply because the transition is much easier. You need to get files into your edit system, or you need to get a file out of your edit system, or maybe you need to go out to tape for delivery. In any case, check out digitalservicestation.com. Yeah, I remember when it came out. It was a Premiere 6. I think we went to an event down in L.A. And yeah. I remember afterwards, and people like Michael Horton were sitting around going, hey, it's Final Cut 8. You know, yeah. It was like the running thing. It's, hey, it's Final Cut 8. So, yeah, don't, it is. don't say that in front of Al Mooney. He's not very no. happy when you say that because, <laughs> because it's really not Final Cut 8. It's there, it's Adobe's own thing. Right, right. But, but I mean, but it, it is a, what you it know. is a logical successor of, yes, from the from a very similar mind space. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And many of the features that people had hoped Final Cut 7 or 8 might have gained. Yes. And probably much implemented in the way that people wanted them implemented, as opposed to Apple's fresh take on everything. That's an interesting difference between the various companies. And the way that they listen to customers is different. Um, Avid have this formal process, this Avid customer association to listen to customers yeah. and help the customers guide develop. Adobe make it very, very clear that they're open, to, they're listening, and that they want to build the app that people want them to build, mm-hmm. that they, they're out in open forums, in open debate, um, and the features come out. Apple, listen every bit as much. Just don't make any noise about listening. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's a different culture. It's a very, very different culture between the companies. And I can understand why people feel more comfortable working at one company or the other. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I know people who've been very uncomfortable working at Apple that have been very comfortable working with Adobe. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't fit in too well at uh, Apple. No, no. (laughs) I'm not sure that I would. I probably... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, if circumstances ever dictated, well, one would find out how. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm by nature fairly gregarious and, and open, so to mm-hmm. go into a close culture like that, I guess you would just ad- adjust because people have. Oh well, because they don't have a choice. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, you lose your firstborn. <laughs> yes, apparently security is very much in the in the initial briefing. Yeah, uh, that's an important thing. So yeah, but none of them. Certainly, Apple doesn't care about me. Uh, I would say of them, Adobe and Avid probably would care more about somebody my size, but you know, Avid would care more if I was buying ISIS systems, which I'm not. Adobe would care more if I was buying Adobe anywhere, I guess. Um, Although Key, Co- Key Code would be much happier with that. Yes, Key Code would be because much happier. Because they'd be happier. making the profit on the hardware. Adobe right. would only make money off the license. That's true, is which, is, which is an interesting – because I look at where Avid allegedly is going. Or I, I wouldn't say, maybe alleged is not the right word. Uh, where it appears to be that they're going with the whole Avid everywhere. Mm-hmm. Or is it Adobe everywhere and Avid anywhere? Whatever it is. Adobe anywhere, Avid everywhere. Okay, I can. I don't know why. This. And it's NAB, Apple nowhere. Yeah, Apple nowhere. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that was good. Cheap, cheap shot. Cheap shot but, <laughs> but it was funny. Because we know where they are. <laughs> NAB, but not on the show floor. Um, so, yeah, so the Avid everywhere, big picture that they're kind of drawing with that is you can be composer in LA and you can coordinate with a guitar player in England and you know 
all done on the cloud. And then when you're done with it, you can put it up on the Avid Marketplace there and promo producer at NBC can go, hey, and see your music and pull it and all the licensing and payments and everything are taken care of by Avid, yada, 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 you know, which I think, first of all, I don't think I don't think they have the resource to pull it off. But OK, let's say they could. That puts them squarely into the Apple iTunes slash Google uh, YouTube slash, mm. you know, that whole marketing arena. It's a different world. But regardless, when I watch their whole presentation on Avid Everywhere and what they want it to be and everything, I look at it and I go, well, where am I in that? <laughs> yeah. Where's Alpha Dogs yeah. in there? It's not, no. you know, because it's, here's the composer working at home and here's the network or whoever, the end purchaser, and there's not really the guy polishing the turd in there in the middle, which is us, you know. Mm. So interesting. Interesting times. Yeah, and... And same thing with Apple. There's yeah. not a, you know, we're not in there. It's you, you know, shoot it on your phone, edit it on your iPad, and post it on iCloud. Boom, done. Yeah, or, which, which, you know, totally workable universe. Yeah. But my point is, it not we're not universe. in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not we're in, not in, you in know, there. There's no opportunity for you in there. Right. In fact, on my recent trip to Australia, I, I skewed a video camera and used my iPad in an iographer as the primary video camera because, A, it's got software to control it. It's Filmic Pro, so you've got right. good software. But it has a perfectly accurate time signature. So for Lumberjack, that's a huge oh, benefit. okay. It's always always accurate, and we, we'll just synchronize to the A angle so any of my other angles in my audio can be in the multi-clip. So you, and you're running the logging program on the same. I actually was running the the logger. I was running my the iOS logger on my phone. Oh, okay. I think tapping checkboxes and just the vibration from tapping oh, well, would prevent would make that keep a, you from, oh, yeah, okay. make that impractical. But the the app works on either phones or iPads. So there's your uh, there's your little plug for iographer in there too. Oh yeah, well it worked really well for me, and I can see some of the plans we've got for production coming up this year because. Greg and I like to actually produce stuff from time to time to keep our fingers wet and make sure that Lumberjack is working the way we plan it to work. And so, was that a free copy from Dave, or did he, uh, or did you buy it? Uh, that was a free copy from Dave. I, All right. Um, it, it's an iPad One, and so even though I'm using an iPad Air Two, um, it, it just needed a little bit of dremeling out so that the lens wasn't obscured. Oh, so it they moved it. It is a very cool product. It's very cool, and I'm happily buy the iPhone Six version because I'm going to need that for some production that we're going to do. Cool. I'm going to move it a lot too. I mean, I'm still going to carry my DSLRs because I like the still images. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to shoot with them because they're nice video, but you can't record long takes because right. they have a heat. Yes. At least yes, many we examples. found out. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was a particularly egregious circumstance. Now, in Tasmania, I could record 30 minutes without any problem. Same camera. Mm-hmm. Just different environment. Yeah, this move away mm-hmm. from the traditional structures, which suits the companies that sell the, the tools well. It doesn't provide any opportunities for post houses. No. So there's not really a company. To answer your original question, there's not really a company that cares about us. So is the solution a business opportunity for somebody who wants to provide support for small post houses? Or would you say that that's something that Keycode, for example, would say they're already doing? Uh, I don't, you know, that's a good question. I think Keycode may think they're doing that. You know, that may be the intention. I suspect you're going to get a call from Mike Kavanaugh anytime. Yeah, I know. Why is my phone ringing in my pocket right now? Um, no, I, I, you know, it's a tough one because, again, I'm a bad example because I can technically put all this stuff together. Yeah. I can buy pieces anywhere and put it together, which means I'm going to find it the least expensive place I can get it and, yeah. and put it together. Um, but I'm not representative, I think, of most post houses. No, I find that most independent editors need some sort of level of technical support just yes. to fall back on yeah. to, you know, an odd workflow or... 
you know, I've got credits on Cinerama movies that were made before I was born that because I was just advising <laughs> on, a, on a technical yeah. workflow in the restorations. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good excuse to cover your age. Yeah, it's pretty clever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'll concede that I'm in great shape for a man approaching 50. That's all go. I'll concede. That's all, yeah. <laughs> Again. How many times? <laughs> okay. So, so there isn't really enough of an opportunity from enough people who are prepared to pay enough money? Yeah, I think that's the bottom line. That's what it is. I mean, there's not enough economic incentive to go after our market, you know, especially at the point when... Any individual part of any individual component is so cheap. Yeah. You know, the profit's not there. The return on investment's not Until there. you start getting into storage area networks and well, yeah. you know, these, again, fairly niche products, though. Well, there you go. There's somebody who does care about me, Facilis. Okay. Well. Facilis actually has targeted this market, and they do care about the post houses. They're selling the TeraBlock storage. That's right. EditShare is another one. That and they're focused specifically on your size business. Exactly. Okay. I would say EditShare is the same thing. They're focused on us. But, yeah, in general, we get a lot of the cloud-based guys approaching us, which I really don't care about. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a lot of the review and approval online solutions approaching yeah. us, but that's not our bailiwick, so it doesn't really matter. So, yeah, I, yeah there's not oh, a lot. As a metadata uh, asset management tool, Axel, is really also focused oh, yeah. on your size business. That's true, Axel, CatDV. Yeah, CatDV probably yeah. now focused on this market, yeah. Yeah, so so there are people that do care about it, I guess, but that's, the, you know, they're small companies with a more expensive product that, yeah. you know, they get the return to pay for that, you know. So I can certainly tell you that I get more attention and better service from Facilis with my TerraBlock than I did from Avid when I had a Unity. Right, (laughs) yeah. And maybe that's just the small company advantage is that it's much easier to be responsive to customers when you have relatively fewer of them and you're a small company that knows them. They have a lower overhead. They don't need to make as much so they can give attention to somebody like me, whereas Avid has such huge overhead, they've got to be selling, you know, giant ISIS installations to NBC. And so what do they care about? The little guy that has one small ISIS, you know, in his place. Not a whole lot. They wouldn't wouldn't knock the sale back, but... Yeah. (laughs) But you'd have to come knocking on their door. (laughs) There's there's been a whole thread the last day on on an Avid list on Facebook about changing the name of ISIS in view of ISIS. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. (laughs) It's pretty funny. Anyways, every time I say ISIS now, I think of that. Uh, Well, nobody cares about you, apart from vendors who have a product to sell you. Well, my wife does. Your wife does, yes. (laughs) My kids do. Well, that's good, yes. But but in terms of the major NLE companies and the support infrastructures around you, they tend not to. Yeah. Which is very sad. Yeah. But you manage to make polishing turds a very good business anyway. Oh, I can give you one exception. Mariana Montague. Oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, yes. There's an exception. Yes. But, you know, she's single-handedly. It's not the company Abbott. It's her who happens to be at the company Abbott, you know. And Mariana at every company she's been at. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She is, yeah. yeah. She's, she's Abbott's secret weapon right now. Yep. I hope they recognize that. Right. So do I. Because just watching Mariana hook everybody up, she knew everybody at that last Abbott event we went down at USC. Uh-huh. She was, you know, talking, this person you need to talk to this person. I need you to talk to him. Yeah. You, sh- you need to talk to her. I need to put you two together. I mean, seriously, she was this one person whirlwind of, yes. of interpersonal connections because she knows individually these customers. Mm-hmm. And, and knows what they're about. I mean, that's almost the level of support you get out of the small company. Yeah, that's exactly. So, but it comes down to one individual, and that's that's a difficult place to be a company, a public company to be in. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, I agree, yes. <laughs> well, 
time to wrap this up. Well, you were wrapping yeah. it up. And well, if you have a project that needs finishing, that needs polishing, and you and you want it cared about, then you need to bring it to Alpha Dogs, and they will care about your audio, they will care about your pictures, and they will make them both sing. Well, thank you very much. And if you use Adobe Premiere or Final Cut 10 or Final Cut 7, and you want to make your life easier you need to check out the Intelligent Assistance plugins. So check out intelligentassistance.com.